Hello there, and welcome to our Sardis Fellowship Sermon Podcast. I hope you enjoy. Some of us had the privilege of attending the memorial or celebration of life service yesterday for um, Judy Chapman, and uh, many in this church who were here right from the beginning, uh, as there still are a number of people in our congregation from those early days, knew Dan and Judy Chapman very well because they came to Chilliwack in 1984 to plant Sardis Fellowship Baptist Church in 1984. Uh, it's a long time ago, and yet they have stayed engaged in the life of our church, and Judy passed away just before Christmas, and, uh, and then her service was held yesterday. The, the reason why I bring this up is because, you know, when you kind of weigh through what matters in life, on that moment when a person dies, and you hear the testimony of a faithful servant of the Lord who lived that out before her children and her grandchildren for her entire life, all those kids spoke about how grandma prayed for them and prayed into their life, the faith that they now hold today. It was amazing. It truly was a beautiful, beautiful testimony. And that's the goal of our faith. And today we're going to talk about that. But I'm going to start with a question. Do you have a green thumb? Now, you know, not like an actual green thumb, but, you know, are you good at gardening? Do your, No, good, right. <laughs> I don't like to be alone in this, but, you know, can you make plants grow? Um, I often will somehow catch the call-in program that Brian Minter has on the radio. It's not his program, but on CBC Radio, they'll have him on, and people can call in and ask their questions. I am amazed at the amount of knowledge that man holds on plants. And so they've broken down British Columbia into, I believe, seven different regions because when he gives his advice and information about a particular plant, he needs to know whether it's up north or down in the valley or in the interior and places like that. And then he gives his wisdom and advice. And I hear him say things like, oh, well, that plant needs less water or that plant needs a little more sunlight, right? Uh, don't worry about pruning that one. You can really prune it hard. You're not going to hurt it. It's not going to die. Have you heard him? Anyone? Am I the only one who hears Brian Minter? Oh, I see a waving hand. Thank you. Yes. You know, and, and he'll say things like, make sure you throw in some bone meal and a little bit of wood chips before you put that plant in the ground, that tree that you're going to plant, and things like that. And I just sit there, and I'm overwhelmed by the amount of information coming at me, and what's really a bother is that I'm driving. It's not like you can take notes, right? It's like, okay, I'll remember that. And then we forget. I don't want my sermon today to feel overwhelming because we're talking about growing spiritually. Walk and grow. We want to walk and grow in 2023. And I'm, my desire is not to overwhelm you with information, but to help you know that God has your next best steps in mind for you. And it's going to come with some intentionality on our part. So last Sunday, we started by talking about our hearts. As we started into the new year, I wanted to kind of do a little bit of evaluation. How are we doing in our heart towards God? Um, have we allowed our heart to become a little bit indifferent towards God? Or, or maybe even hardened towards Him? Or cold? Um... Or maybe we're in a good place and it's a very pliable, soft heart, uh, like the clay in the potter's hand. We were talking about that illustration and how the potter can choose to make what he wants from the clay, right? And God can shape our lives. And the reason why I started there is because I really believe that if our attitude of the heart is not right, then we're not going to grow spiritually. It doesn't matter what game plan you put in place if our heart is not right before God. And, and so today is really a continuation of that. I want to look a little bit about at how we... Uh, um, how we put into practice a game plan, but it's still all about the heart. If our heart is not desirous of seeking God, there's not going to be the change that we want in our spiritual lives. So last week, the desire was to rekindle in us as you evaluate, evaluated your own story of how Christ worked in your life and drew you to himself and brought his salvation, what we were witnessing here, what the truth of that visible 
display in our own lives is. That was to rekindle your passion for God and just say, God, I do want you in my life. Please lead me. So today is going to be a very practical message. It's also a very personal message. Um, It is not a one-size-fits-all. You have to assess your own life, where you're at, and design a custom plan to engage more intentionally with God in 2023. Now, one of the key elements, though, that won't change for any one of us, and I talked about this last week, was the importance of time. That it's going to take time, at least time to pay attention to God in my life. If I'm going to actually then pursue God, it's going to take time. And if God is going to change my heart and actually become my delight, we were talking about that last week, that this author could say that he delighted in the Lord. He delighted, he rejoiced in his God. And that's where we want to get to, but it's going to take time. And I use an illustration about a hobby. Anyone who has a hobby knows that your hobby takes time. What I did this last week was I was working on a puzzle that I got from my daughter-in-law, Larissa, for Christmas, which I really, I love it. It's a beautiful scene, but it's a doozy. I mean, it's hard. And if it wasn't for the fact that she gave it to me, I probably wouldn't complete it. I probably would have given up, but I persevered. And here's the good part of this story. Because I persevered, you know, working and getting that border in place and then starting from the bottom and getting my first scene and starting to move my way up, all of a sudden this week I found that it became enjoyable. All of a sudden the pieces start to fall into place a little bit quicker. The, the picture starts to frame and I find myself enjoying my hobby. So what I was trying to do with understanding what a hobby is like, consider God in your life. If there is no time for God in your life, how do you think you will get to the point that is enjoyable? Right? It's going to take time. You need to engage with him. That's how I see it working in our relationship with God, that if we're not intentional about connecting with him, if we're not intentional about giving him time in our lives, then how are we going to grow? Now, as you hear that, you might be thinking to yourself, I am already overwhelmed, Rod. What are you saying? I don't have any time left to give, so where will I find this magical time? Well, here's a few things I want you to hear today. I want you to hear that each person here is at a different stage in life. Some people's lives are very full right now, and there is a limited amount of time. Maybe you're raising kids, and you just feel like you're running from morning to night. Other people hearing this will say, actually, I do actually have a fair bit of time that I could spend more with the Lord. Um, However, everyone has the opportunity to prioritize God in their lives, whatever it looks like. It's just going to be different. Secondly, everyone is at a different stage in their walk. So this is not kind of like what you hear today um, fits everyone equally at the same level. It doesn't. Some of you have been Christians for years and years and years, and others are just new Christians, and others are exploring the faith. And so it's going to look different depending on where you're at in your spiritual walk. And the third thing I want you to understand, though, is no matter what your particularity of your situation is, the opportunity is still there. Whether busy or not busy, Okay, both can pose challenges in our walk with the Lord, but the truth of the matter is that if your heart is right before God, if you desire for him to enter into your experience, your reality, what that looks like in your home, in your workplace, on your street, where you spend your time, if you are open to God being in your life, God is open to shaping your life. So the last one is really, we don't have excuses. We just need to set our hearts toward the opportunity. We all can grow in 2023. Now, I know that might be a little bit edgy, uh, but I've lived long enough to know in my own personal experience that I can always make excuses as to why I didn't do what I could have done in order to seek God more. Do you follow me? I can find time for the things that I really enjoy doing, 
I could spend three and a half hours watching the Seahawks play the 49ers if it was not so frustrating. <laughs> Can I find 10 minutes to spend with my God? No one can cause another person to grow. It is a personal responsibility. The ball is squarely in each of our court whether or not we will allow God access to our lives. Growing spiritually includes every aspect of who I am. It's all of me, not just part of me. And the Apostle Paul was picking up on that when he shared in Romans 12, verse 1, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And what I see there is that true and proper worship is every day. It's a living sacrifice. It's what we do in our body before God each and every day. Yes, we come to church and we sing songs and we pray and we give, and these are acts of worship, but that is not our true and proper worship before God. Our true and proper worship before God is understanding who he is in my everyday life, in this body that I live in, and it is now offered to God as a living sacrifice. Jesus Christ was the sacrifice on the cross to cover my sin, to give me new life. Now I, in exchange, in view of that, in view of God's mercies, I now offer my life to him as a living sacrifice. That's the relationship. And then he goes on to say, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I know we probably have lots of questions about that, but here's what I see. We live in a world that has a particular way of thinking. There are patterns and customs and things of this world, and we can conform to it, or we can say, hold on a second, because I'm in the word of God regularly. I know who God is in his character. I know what God values about morality and how he wants me to spend my time and where he wants me to go and where he doesn't. I'm understanding what it means that God is holy. And he calls me into that life. And all of a sudden in this world where there's patterns, in this world where there's a way of thinking, I find myself resisting that, going against the current because I realize not in all things do I agree with this world. There are things that are fine. We may agree on generosity and kindness and all those kinds of good things, but there comes a certain point where there are certain things that we know that is contrary to the character and nature of God. And it'll cause us to have to stand against it. We are renewed in our mind when we know God through his word. And so I want to ask you, have you come to that place of understanding of how important the word of God is in your regular, everyday life? We need to be hearing his voice. The spirit of God takes the word of God and he transforms it to be living and active because he knows me and he knows what I need. He speaks to my heart through his word. That's how our, how our minds are renewed by knowing the Lord. I think it's when we're close to the Lord like that that we begin to understand what his good, pleasing, and perfect will is. I think then we have far greater clarity. I'm not saying that I always know the will of God for my life, but I know this. When I'm walking closely to the Lord, I know it a whole lot better. So that's how I understand that verse. No one can cause us to grow. It is something we have to come and desire of God. Now, I do trust that you desire to grow. Um, but there could be someone who says, well, I don't know. I think I'm okay, you know. I, I think I'm okay to just keep going the way I'm going. I can just kind of coast here. Why do I think that I need to grow spiritually or to mature? My short answer is to that is because no one likes to eat unripe fruit. I know, it's not a very clear answer. So let me give you my fruit illustration. 
I love watermelons. Each summer I take on the challenge of trying to find the perfect watermelon. Because there's nothing better than taking a watermelon in the heat of the summer months, right? Chop it up into little sticks, put it in a container, have it in the fridge so you can pull it out at any time and eat that perfect slice of watermelon, right? Amen. I love that. This is a very spiritual illustration here. Last summer, I bought two watermelons in one week. They cost me $9 each. The reason why I bought two is because the first one I brought home and I cut open, it was like sawdust on the inside. So I went back and I bought a second one, opened it up, same thing. I fed it to my chickens. They wouldn't even eat it. <laughs> Stymied again, trying to find the perfect watermelon, right? Choosing a perfect watermelon is a luck of the draw because it's either always too ripe or not ripe enough. It's one of the two things, right? And, uh, you know, you can, they tell you how to find the perfect watermelon. Well, you just thump on it, you know, you look for a dark one, you look for a light one, you look for the brown spot. Whatever your trick is, at the end of the day, you either get lucky or you don't. Now, don't even get me started on greenhouse strawberries and tomatoes. <laughs> strawberries are not red, and they do not taste like a strawberry. They don't have the texture of one. They're hard, right? When it comes to... What's the point of this fruitless illustration? Okay. When it comes to understanding how we like our fruit, if it's not just right, right? If it's not mature, and really, quite frankly, we don't enjoy it. And I think there's a correlation to understanding that, you know, if we're not actually in a growth trajectory, if we're not moving towards Christ... People don't really like to be around us very much. We're not very becoming, as they say. We're not a kind of person that others want to be around. Staying immature doesn't benefit anyone around us. And God loves us too much to leave us where we are. And the goal of our faith is to mature, as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him. Who? Christ, who's the head of the church. We want to mature. We want to grow in maturity, individually and collectively. I'm sure you would agree that one of the most off-putting things about us as human beings is when we get petty and when we are small-minded in a situation. I'm sure no one's ever been petty or small-minded. We've all seen it, right? And quite frankly, we've all done it. And when it's a one-off in our lives, like when we see it in each other, we kind of, you know, give a pass to the person who, well, you're having a bad day, right? And we carry on. But if it becomes kind of like a, a... a consistent pattern in a person's life, like a character trait, um, a person who's constantly complaining and they're railing against everything or everyone, a lot of negativity, a lot of kind of victim mentality and um, causing dissension in our relationships, pretty soon we don't even want to be in the company of a person like that, right? We, we, we pull away because we find it damaging to our own spirit. It's like I can't be in that presence of a person who's like that for very long. Now contrast that, and I know this is an extreme example, right? I don't think anyone's raising their hand going, Rod, you just described me perfectly, thank you. But contrast that person with someone who's bringing their faith, their trust in God into the middle of the exact same kinds of circumstances that the other person is facing. But instead, they have a spirit of trusting God. They have a spirit of humility. And in the midst of those same circumstances, they're still outward focused. They're still giving and caring towards others. Now, how do you feel about a person like that? You're drawn to that person. You're inspired by that person. And I think that by nature of what Christ has done in redeeming us is not just to leave us as babes in Christ, but to grow us up into maturity. He wants us to more look like the second person than the first person. But as we know, there's a process to this, right? We don't pray a prayer and Jesus comes into our heart and we're mature the next day. It doesn't work like that. You don't plant a seed in your garden one day and pick a watermelon the next. There's a lot of process in between. 
Peter picks up on this process. And, uh, you know, he picks up on the fact that you're adding one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Someone has coined this phrase, maybe you know who it is, I'm not sure. It says about discipleship that it's a long walk in the same direction. Discipleship is following Jesus, okay? Coming, maturing Christ is a long walk in the same direction. Growing spiritually is the patient outworking of the Spirit of God in our lives. Patient. Did you catch that word? Let's read what Peter says. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord and Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. You see, Jesus wants to take you somewhere. He loves you too much to leave you where you're at. He desires for you to move forward. He desires for you to make every effort to add to these qualities the things that he's given to you in your very faith in Jesus Christ. In the moment that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and he calls you a child of God, you are made righteous and clean in the presence of God. And then he says, now go and live it. Add to that faith the very thing I've given you the ability to do by the strength in Jesus Christ. We don't want to be nearsighted people who forget that we've been cleansed of our sins so that we might live in a path of righteousness. And that's where he wants to take us. In fact, Paul rebuked the church in Corinthians for for not growing up quicker, actually. And he said it like this. He said, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Yeah, you get that language there, right? Ah, you're babes. I wanted to feed you steak, but I had to give you milk. Indeed, you're still not ready. You're still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Mere infants in Christ? That's what he says to this church. And I I sit here and I look and I go, man, I I wonder what he might assess about my life. What would he assess about our church family and what are the indicators? Well, they were fighting and quarreling amongst themselves and that was an indication that they were still mere infants in Christ. Because the command that the Apostle John gave us of Christ is that we are to love one another. And by this example, people will know that we are Christ followers. You know, before you think that I'm preaching at you, it's always a message I preach to myself first and foremost. Um, the challenge is for all of us that have come to faith in Christ to continue in our walk with the Lord and to grow spiritually is not easy. So we evaluate ourselves because we know that we have this thing called pride on the inside and we can't all get petty rather than to submit ourselves to God and his will. We all face the same kind of challenge with selfishness that seems to be deep in the core of our being and our pride. In order to grow up in Christ, we have to address it. We have to face it. But haven't you seen this, that when a person becomes selfless, they look more like Jesus Christ? And when they become more selfish, they look less like Jesus Christ and less beneficial to anyone around them and, I would even say, less beneficial to God and what he wants to do in and through your life. So growing spiritually, what exactly do I have in mind? I think there's two things I have in mind. There's an aspect that relates to our knowledge, and there's an aspect that relates to our application. We need to grow in our knowledge, in our understanding of who God is, 
But realize that it's not just knowledge about God. It's knowledge that you engage with God because you're in relationship with him. The goal is not to just know about God. The goal is to know God. And we know God when we take what we know about God and we put it into practice in our life. That's the application part. So that we're living out what we're learning. And, and you know, there's a relationship between this that needs to stay in balance because when it's imbalanced, we start to get into problems. I won't go into all those, but just you need to keep these two in balance together. It's not just about me and Jesus. It's about what Jesus has done in me that now translates to me and you. Okay, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's this combination that I think is important as we talk about growing spiritually. Knowledge of God leads to our walk with God. Our walk with God includes every area of our lives, our relationships, our time, our work, our play, our finances. That's what it means to be a living sacrifice, which is holy and pleasing to God. So that's the goal. It's a holistic understanding of what God wants in my life. And that's why I really enjoy what Pastor Tim has been doing with our life groups to try to actually bring language to around what's at the heart of a life group that might be distinguished from uh, maybe some other groups. Uh, he's trying to bring three things into, into relationship. There's a content piece, there is a caring piece, and there is a recreation piece. Now, this is all intentional. What he's trying to guide us in our thinking is, if you don't have content, which is around the biblical knowledge of who God is, then we're probably not going to be growing in our understanding of who God is. And if there's not a caring piece, then there's probably not the life-to-life bit where we're actually trusting each other enough to share what's going on in our inner world or in the life of our family, right? To to share with someone else who would then pray for us and care for us. So that would be the second element. And this third one's kind of a curious one, right? Recreation? What, we're all going to go play squash together? Sure, that's fine. What is recreation? Recreation is trying to capture this enjoying one another in the body of Christ element. That as you do life together, it's more than just coming to sit down around a book and to study it. And it, it incorporates that. It incorporates prayer, but it also incorporates this idea of enjoying the people of God in the body of Christ. And we do that through recreation. And these are three elements that he's bringing together to try to help us go deeper into community. I want to say this as a final note on that. I think when you're doing that well, it becomes attractive to people who are not yet Christians who are looking going, that seems really real and I like it. You're being honest about your faith. You're being honest about how that works into your life. You're giving me an understanding of who God is. You're spending time together. You're loving and caring for each other. People are drawn into that because I think it's just really real. So if you're not a part of a life group, I would encourage you to become part of one. And I know that it's hard because we've been talking about this for a while, but it's not always easy to find life group leaders and life group host homes. So if you're someone who doesn't mind leading or hosting, please talk to us. So where does this leave us? I started off today by saying that this was going to be a practical message, and it's become pretty theological. Um, But here's the practical that I want to bring to this message today as you start this new year that's already two weeks in. Um, There are different opportunities that are before us. Each person needs to discern before God what it is that God is asking you to do. So for someone, it might be that they need to get back into regularly having a devotional life where they're reading God's Word and praying, spending time with the Lord on a regular basis. Maybe you do need to join one of our groups, and there's more than just life groups. It could be that you take this. It's called Essentials of the Christian Faith. 
Uh, David Lee and Peter Kenefis put this together years ago. We still use it. It's a great introduction to the Christian faith. It's either a one-on-one study or a small group study. And if that interests you, talk to us. It could be that you participate in the next seminar that goes a little deeper, like the one that Dr. Archie Spencer put on, or the one that's coming up in two weeks with Dr. Ross Hastings on human sexuality. Um, Maybe it's time to go a bit deeper and actually say, okay, I'm going to take one of those seminars that are put on. Could be that you need to download on your phone a good app. And there's lots of them. Bible apps where you can track or read stuff that is on your phone, listen to a podcast on a regular basis, or we offer you this one called Right Now Media. Our church pays for it. It's free to every person. You just go to our website, you click on ministries, and under ministries it says Right Now Media. You click on that and it says join. And you click on it, you sign up. You have access to hundreds and hundreds of different um, authors, whether it's video content. Most of them are video content. There's stuff for children and youth of all ages. So if you don't know that, that's free. We pay for it as a church, so make sure you sign up for Right Now Media. But the last thing I want to bring to your attention is what I put in front of you where the ushers passed out at the beginning, this little bookmark. Um, I'm sorry we ran out, so we'll print more this week, and if you didn't get one, we'll have them out for next week. What this bookmark is, is work that David Lee did, and then he presented this in a sermon in 2014, and I've kept it on my desk for seven years. I don't know how good my math is there. What's, no, nine years. Nine years. I love it. I think that this is a very helpful little reminder. Each day, spend time reading the Bible. Each day, spend time in prayer. Pray for people or events when you hear about them. Did you get that? As you're going throughout the day, pray for people and events as you hear about them. Give thanks right away when you detect a blessing from God. Remind yourself when you feel unappreciated or put down or insulted that you're working for God's glory, not your own. Ask for God's direction and will with each decision you make. Regularly meditate on God's merciful grace to you in Christ and cling to his forgiveness and seek his renewal. I think that that's covering a whole host of areas in our lives from the knowledge part to the application part, right? And it's just a simple little tool. I don't know what's going to be your thing this year, but I encourage you that as we consider the challenge that the Apostle Paul gave us, that we would grow up and mature in Christ. And to do that together, you need to hear God's voice speaking to you about what your game plan for 2023 is going to be. I can't tell you what it is. But I, as your pastor, would encourage you that collectively as a church, we don't grow unless we grow individually and as we grow together. So let's put our minds and our hearts to this and say to God, how do you want me to grow this year? And you put in play your custom action plan. God bless you as you do that. And we're gonna sing now with the worship team and then I'll close the service in prayer in a moment. Before I dismiss you with uh, a prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed for the Ephesians, I just wanna remind you to, if you're interested in afternoon adventures, please speak with Jose in the foyer. And uh, also next Sunday morning, come a bit early because we're going to have another bagel Sunday next Sunday. So make sure you come early for that and enjoy a bagel. Paul's prayer. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Go with God's peace.
Thanks for listening to our Sardis Fellowship Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please check out sardisfellowship.com. Have a great day and God bless.